You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron Sumner, and you are listening to episode 28 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, your alternative underground secret society underbelly speakeasy dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners. And today on episode 28, we're obviously talking about the Castillo trade. We're going to preview the Yankee series with actor Vladimir Perez again, who is back. He's a big Yankees fan. You might know him from Murderville, Diary of a Future President, Modern Family, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the movie Friendsgiving, Lucifer, all kinds of stuff. Check him out. Check him out on the social at Vladdy Daddy Forever. And of course, we are going to get into some trade talk as the title of this episode is called. It is like 155. You got five minutes to make your trade, chug it down and get out the door. We're going to talk about that. And I just want to say, hey, thanks for liking, following, subscribing, and rating this show. And look, we love five tool players, but you know what we love more? Five-star reviews. So if you think our show's worthy of a five-star review, pound that five-star review and email us at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. We got a long episode here, lots to cover. I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way. Here it is. Check it out. Episode 28 of the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. Last call for the trading deadline episode edition. Spectacular celebration that starts right now. So yeah, we'll get to Vlad. We'll give him a call here. But this is a, you call the locker room clubhouse. You call the rye bread clubhouse only meeting, huh, Hannah? Yeah, it's uh, Mariners only to start off. Well, so look, I don't know what to feel right now. I've been through so many ups and downs over the last four days or two days, I should say, since we recorded. Obviously, the big Castillo trade happened. Uh, We've had to tend with the Astros. We've lost some people to injury. We're headed into New York to play the Yankees. You know, with, with, with guys flying in from all over the country to try to lend a hand to fill a spot, try to get some warm bodies out there. Then again, there's two more days of the trading deadline. I, I don't even know what to feel right now. Yeah, it was a rough series. I mean, our pitching didn't go deep in three of the four games. Uh, we got boat race in one of them. We had to come from behind the end in the other. And then today, you know, it's more of the same. The bats were pretty cold. Yeah, I don't know what happened over the uh, All Star break, but they they've come out flat here in the second half. There's no there's no other way to call it, right? Yeah, you can definitely tell that they've um, been slumping lately. I mean, a good team, good pitching. I mean, their bullpen's rated number one. I'm not sure what their starting staff CRA is, but they got to be up there. I mean, Verlander has, what, four wins against us? I think five, or maybe no decision. The only game I remember that didn't go his way was one of the games in Seattle where Julio, Tremel, and Lewis homered off of him. Yeah, I think you might be right. I saw something that said, like, it's the first time in many years since 
um, a starter has won five games against the team before April or before August, excuse me. Um, he's just absolutely dominating us. You know, sometimes it looks like we're going with the approach to try to get on him early, and that's not working. Then he has just, you know, five, six inning pitches, and he's able to go pretty much the whole distance. He has just absolutely owned us. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it was just, it's so weird watching this series and knowing how the last few series, you know, before the all-star break went, especially with Houston. I mean, we beat them down there at home and then back down there and had, you know, a bench clearing, you know, I don't know, a chest bumping situation. It just seemed like, wow, we got a hold of this. We got some swagger in this series and, you know, Due to some circumstances here, God, it's the same, you know, result. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to play a team seven games in what ten days, you know, especially coming off the break and coming out of the break, we were so pumped up, you know, having them at home or on this winning streak, and then to fall flat on our faces and not get any of those, and then having to come back down here after taking care of Texas and the same old story. Um, it's it's got to be tough on them mentally, especially since, you know, they play them hard. They know they're the team to beat. They want to prove that they can play with them, and they just haven't quite yet. Just It's, it's probably very frustrating for them. Yeah, and look, if we're going to see, I think I said this on the last podcast, but like, I really think a time to fall and skin your knees or get knocked down by these big guys are right now. Like right, we're right at the, we're right at the trading deadline, you know, and we address the pitching need. We'll get into that in a second. And now you're watching, you know, position players go down and maybe Jerry was on the fence and maybe Mariners fans were on the fence. Like who do we need to add for offense? I definitely think you're going to see something being added here in the next two days. I don't think you're going to see nothing. You might not see Juan Soto. You might not see Otani. You might not see, you know, something big like that, but we got this guy in um, uh, Cincinnati, right? That, I think lot what what's the guy's name Drury? Yeah. And he does what? He's kind of a utility guy. I think he plays mostly at third, but he can also play some second for you. And he's having a great year. He's got good power numbers. If he comes on the Mariners, he'd have the most home runs. Uh also his average is pretty good, 275. His career looks a little bit spotty, but it seems like he's figured it out this year. And I was like, I I don't want another Cincinnati Red. Um <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of weird. But honestly, that trade idea is starting to sound better to me than it did last week. I feel like, hey, if this guy's plays third or this guy plays second, or he I don't know if he can play any outfield, but Frazier can play outfield. I'm all for it. I was also thinking to myself prior to this was like, well, what do you, are you giving up on Frazier? I mean, Frazier is hot right now. He's swinging a good bat, but also Eugenio is having a tough time and it seems like he has to play every single day. So maybe this would be, you know, a really good fit for what's going on, especially with Frazier who can move out to the outfield. No, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he's like you said, his numbers are better than a lot of the numbers of the players we have on our team. And I'm just hoping we add another guy. Hopefully he's one. You know, he's one that probably won't cost you a high draft pit or a high um, prospect because he, his contract is done at the end of the year. But on the other hand, um, he's had a breakout year. So anybody to add to our team or our bench is just positive to me yeah and you know like we're saying like there's just certain uh places on the team that we need some we need some depth and we need some help we obviously that the outfield we keep going from it's super loaded to skeleton crew right it, it's it's never just been like right there in the middle it's either we don't have enough people to oh my god what are we going to do with all these guys but that doesn't last very long do you think we're going to add any more outfielders? I personally don't think they're going to add any more outfielders as far as trades. I mean, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Coming into the year, everybody was talking about how we were loaded and, you know, we have too many guys and then injuries and 
you know, Kalnick not producing in the beginning and all that. And now we have injuries again. And um, it's, it's kind of a problem. You know, we don't have guys producing like their numbers show. So, yeah, an outfielder would help. You know, there's some guys out there, maybe a Jock Peterson or an Ian Happ from the Cubs possibly. But those guys will probably cost you a little bit. But it's hard to say. Like, I've always felt it's just let's, let's try to improve if we can. So I'm all for doing it. Yeah, but like there's out there, it, it, it's so strange because one day we're talking like, oh, we got Hanegers coming back. We just got Lewis back. Wow, and he's playing in the outfield. Then we obviously we have Julio, we have Winker, and we have Frazier who plays out there. We have Dylan Moore who could play out there. We have Haggerty. I'm already up to seven. And then let's not forget, Tramel was on the roster until he was injured. He's rehabbing. That's eight. Now you've just called up Jared Kelnick. That's nine. You have literally an entire lineup of outfielders that have been either up in, out, injured, or part of the outfield picture. So that's why I don't see anybody. I don't see us picking up an outfielder unless we're trading away some young outfielders for them. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible, but I, I agree with your assessment, no doubt. Yeah, it's nine fucking guys, nine fucking outfielders. Well, three of them are cleaners, you know, that can play both, like you said, sure. Frazier, um, uh, Haggerty, and more. Right, right, right. So, so, yeah, so, okay, so we got six outfielders and three other guys that can play outfield, but still, that's nine guys that can play outfield. I don't think that's, we just have to be like, hey, you know, th- these are your jobs, let's, let's do them. You know, let's try to stay healthy, let's try to, you know, play good, let's hit, let's try to, you know, make it a problem. I mean, like, a w- like two weeks ago, I mean, a week or two ago, we had to get rid of Upton, so... You know, and then the next thing you know, and the next thing you know, you have all, you have an all infield outfield that we had last week. Yeah, it's kind of the crooked, the crooked um, time of baseball. You know, we've gotten these injuries, and it's yeah, it, it's unbelievable to see all three infielders playing outfield and one inning. Yeah, that that's what happens. And that's why this Drury guy is starting to make more sense to me. He wasn't making sense to me last week. And I I even have thought to myself, wow, I kind of watched like this guy's been released. You know, he's, he's, he's a journeyman, right? He's a guy that's been on teams where, you know, maybe things weren't clicking for him. And then, then he is. And right now he's on a, definitely on an uptick. If you're saying this isn't going to cost very much, this might be the one thing that the Mariners possibly need. And we see there's people on one side that are really happy about Castillo. The other side, you know, people are like, we gave up too much. Well, if you're on that, we gave up too much, then maybe this is the trade for you. Yeah. I mean, as far as adding another bat, I'm, you know, if I, I don't think Haggerty's the answer or Dylan Moore per se, you know, even Winker and those guys. Yeah. They're going to be on the team. They're having off years. But as far as our bench guys, you know, teams in the playoffs always have a good bench and go out and add on to, to make their team better. So it could be a possibility. This summer's great American pastime is watching WKRP right here on KY3. Spend your weekday afternoons getting to know the game. Les Nessman, winner of the Buckeye Newshawk Award. I am a DJ. I'm not a prize. Jennifer Marlowe and no, you can. And soaking up the atmosphere. Ow! This place is a soup. You don't need to think of an excuse. Give me an opportunity to wear my new red shorts. To spend the summer watching WKRP in Cincinnati weekdays at 4.30 on KY3. Well, the other thing I think about going and getting this guy from Cincinnati, what kind of could help out is I definitely think Suarez needs a day off here or there. And maybe he was getting that at DH a little bit, but now that you got guys coming back from injury and you have Santana and that doesn't seem like that's happening a lot. So I think it would possibly, you know, help to put, you know, Eugenio down for a day or two, especially like when he's just not, you know, things aren't clicking for him right now. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, exactly. He hasn't came out of the break too hot. You know, he's always been a kind of streaky player, you know, especially this year for us where he got on streaks and hit a lot of bombs. Um, His defense has been great. He, you know, this series, he kind of just looked a little 
uninterested maybe. I know that's not the case, but, you know, we have a lot of guys slumping. So um, it's, it, it would be a nice upgrade, that's for sure. I mean, we have guys like Santana, Toro, Lewis, and Winker since the first of this month who are all hitting under 200 just for this month. So, it, you know, it's also freak out time because we are in a slump as a team. And we are playing good players, but like I said earlier, the schedule gets a lot easier for us, and hopefully uh, the bats will warm up. Yeah, one thing, yes, Suarez, you know, he's got he's trying to figure it out right now. Lots of strikeouts, you know, leading the league. Sure, we knew that possibly might be what was going to happen, but he's been striking out a lot. He really hasn't impacted too many of these games since the All-Star break, and I can tell you why. I figured it out, and I think he needs somebody need in that locker room needs to show up in New York with some peroxide, and we got it. We got to bleach that hair back. We, I, I need, I need, I need that dude back. Oh, good call. I mean, you're exactly right. Since he came back from the All-Star break, he went and changed his hair back to his normal hair color, and uh, he has not been the same player. Yeah. Let's get him back to the uh, barber or beauty shop or whatever. Yeah, my sister, my sister Hannah is a hairdresser. I could hook you up, Suarez. I literally can hook you up. We we got to get you back in with the skunk hair. I need the skunk hair guy back. I don't need the you know solid natural color guy. I need the guy who peroxides half his head, who looks like Two Face from the you know. Batman series. That's the guy I need back. I need to see the the bicep curl. I need to see the binoculars. And I think it's all about the hair, man. Eyes of justice are watching. It's Batman. Two faces on a firing frenzy. Charging into action. It's combat belt, Batman. You just got on my bad side, Batman. Tough luck. Great save. Oh no! Robin swoops down in his parawee. Fire! A narrow miss. The eyes of justice are watching. It's Batman in the Invincible Hoverbat. No contest. Capture Claws. Two faces off to serve double time. The eyes of justice. Batman. All right. So everybody already knows we got Castillo starting pitcher, starting all-star pitcher from Cincinnati. He is nasty. I don't know too much about him like I should. Okay. I just, I'm not into all the National League pitchers. Obviously, I've looked at videos of him. I've looked at the stats and all that kind of stuff. I've seen people be very excited. I've seen people feel like we gave up too much. But what I want to know more about is what's this guy really about? You've done some research on him. Tell me about him. Help fill me in more about this, please. First off, I mean, he was the number one pitcher available. And the Mariners outbid quite a few teams and big market teams, like you said, and gave up a lot. What you teams? What teams were in on it? Um, I heard it was the Yankees, um, the Dodgers, and a few other the playoff teams. Obviously, Toronto, probably Cleveland, and I even heard that even Texas um, was checking in to make sure. You know, yeah, those guys are definitely to... still buyers. I know that they're maybe not see themselves in the playoff picture too much, but they are definitely a team that is building. Still, they're going to build in a down year. So that's that. that, I'm glad he didn't show up on any other AL West team. Uh, The Verlander thing is is hard enough when you get somebody dominant that you're going to see four or five, and in this case, six times a year. It sucks. So I'm glad that, you know, me and Vlad were talking about that. The Steinbrenner way of like just getting people so other people don't get them. Yeah, and a reason for that was because he is not just a rental player. His contract, he will be able to be with the Mariners as well as this year and next year, and then he becomes a free agent. So we have him for a few years, and with our uh, staff, he jumps right up to the top as an ace. Um, I've heard people say he's a lot like Johnny Cueto in his prime. I've seen him. He kind of reminds me of Felix. You know, he's kind of cocky out there when he follows through and strikes somebody out he kind of sidelines and he's the type of player who kind of feels that he's the best out there and it's nice to have that cocky hard-throwing right-hander that can strike a lot of guys out 
and to go with his power, he can spin the ball and also has a great power change that is probably his best pitch. Right. And, you know, like you said, he likes to be cocky. He likes he's a bit of a showman out there when he's got it going, like Felix and, you know, Cueto and takes pressure off of uh, Robbie Ray, who we've seen who we've seen, you know, going into the break, the best pitching we've seen in Seattle in years. These first two starts, we've seen the worst version of him right now. He was doing the big inning, and now, you know, it seems like he hasn't been able to even, you know, get off the ground. Yeah, I mean, he's struggled lately, but I mean, I go back to the Mariners signed Robbie Ray in the offseason, a former Cy Young winner. The Mariners now go out and get the number one pitcher available at the trade deadline. I mean, when has that ever happened? I mean, that's, I got to give the Mariners uh, some props on that. It's exciting that they went out and pulled this move off, in my opinion. Yeah, let's just say you get into the playoffs. I don't want to assume we're going to get there. I've, I fell for that too many times using that phrase. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say if and if, if and when we get there, if this happens, you know, you're one, two, three, you, you have two legitimate ones and a budding number two that is probably going to be a one by next year in, in Logan. So, I mean, that is a, a formidable one, two, three, if everything is clicking. Absolutely. I mean, all playoff teams have that dominant three starting pitchers that can win them a series. And with our bullpen, has uh, with how well they've been. And then, you know, if we get hot, I mean, it's all about getting in there. And if our bats get hot like they have been during that streak, I know we're not playing the elite of the elite, but still anything can happen. So it's very exciting to me. Yeah, and we knew this part of the season was going to be rough. We didn't know we were going to, you know, have injuries and all these things. But, you know, we could have a full roster right now, and you can't assume you're just going to beat the Astros and the Yankees. You know, what it does kind of suck with every – I mean, what does suck is now these games with Anaheim and Texas and you're, you know, depleted, those don't seem as much of a cakewalk anymore. No, absolutely. You're right there. And that's why, yes, you know, a trade like when we got Santana to alleviate the Ty France injury, I think right now we definitely have to. And we are going to see a trade. I mean, maybe by the time I edit this thing and get it out tomorrow or Monday here, Monday morning, a trade could have possibly already been made. Yeah, you just never know what trader Jerry. I know he was on the radio saying that he didn't expect much, but, I, you know. I never trust him. He could trade anybody at any time. No baseball collection is complete without this year's hottest new player, the Sports Talk player. Just with me three sliders, I try to take three strong swings. Jose Canseco? I told myself I want to get a pitch to drive. Don Mattingly. Sports Talk plays 164 talking tops cards with stats and tips from all-time greats to current all-stars. I can smell the win and the no-header. That was definitely Mike Scott. And Oral Hershiser and Carlton Fisk. Pete Rose said, this is great. This is the best game we ever played in. Sports Talk, the hottest new player in baseball. It was pretty crazy in that uh, this last game against Houston where we had what, Jack Larson. Was that, was that his name? From the Arkansas Travelers. Uh, come get his first uh, major league at bat. Unfortunately, it was a strikeout. And then you had Jared Kelnick showing up in the middle of the game. What, what, when did he get to the game? Um, from what I heard was is that he left Seattle this morning, um, took a flight, obviously, to Houston, got in the Houston at the beginning of the game, and hustled with a cab all the way over to the stadium, and the game was already going on, took a few hacks in the cage, and they threw him in there. I mean, we got to get a better travel plan here. Like, I just don't understand. Did did he have to do make a connection? I don't, I don't know. It took so long to get down there. They could have thrown him on a plane last night and got him down to Houston. Or was this something that they made the decision this morning? Um, I, I, no, they made a decision last night, I believe, because he was, um, some reports was, as he was told and pulled from the game that he was playing in in Tacoma in the minor leagues. He was pulled out from that game 
um, because of this. So I don't know if there's no flights down there or they don't run charters for just one guy. I, I don't know all that story. I, I don't know. It know sounds like the Mariners like cashed in their like travel points, you know, and you had to do those flights where it's like you have a nine hour layover in Salt Lake City, you know, for no reason. But uh, yeah, that was pretty strange to see him out there. We we don't really have anybody else. No, and Lewis is not playing in center field. So, you that's know, a, that's a, you're right. I mean, he hasn't shown anything as far as being able to move around that well in the outfield. No, and he's he's not hitting well right now. Things just have not been the same since he's come back from the head injury. And it doesn't seem like too much has changed as far as the lower body. Yeah, running the bases, he was held up by Manny actually yesterday when I think um, any other on guy, Saturday, any other, or, yeah, excuse me, on Saturday when I would imagine any other player would have gotten the wave home. I mean, he's it's hard to say. I haven't seen him personally since they haven't. I think you could have waved home. me home on that one, as is <laughs> yeah. right now. Well, yeah, it's just hard. It's, I mean, there's just no talk about what what's up with him, but hopefully he, the hitting can, can start coming around like it had been, and he can, you know, the whole team is struggling right now, and when the whole team's struggling, things usually don't go well. Yeah, it is pretty disappointing to be going into, uh, you know, into the Bronx with how well they're playing and how big of a story. I mean, you're not getting any, the, the Houston and New York are on the same level. We're, we're, we're dealing with the same monster just in a different time zone over there this week. And you're going in without your two all-stars, literally the leaders in all your offensive uh, category. If we could go into New York and somehow get one of these three, I'd be really happy. I know we have, another series next week with New York. If you could get two out of six with the way things are right now with the Yankees, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, any team that loses their number one hitter and their number two hitter. And by the way, they were both all-stars as well as the other injuries that have happened. I mean, luckily today, I'm hoping that Waker kind of got out of it. He got a middle, middle fastball and he didn't miss it. So that's, positive and he cracked it out of the park so i'm hoping that it'll that'll get him going straight and uh, he can continue to try to get out of this slump as well as the other players i mean it baseball goes in waves and people go in slumps and, and are hot all the time as we know but it just seems to happen that the mariners slump as a team together quite often but you know at least it's not one person that has to dig everybody out of this i mean there are people stepping up you know, Frazier has been stepping up. I mean, in this game, when Winker hit that home run, uh, Adam Frazier scored. He met him at the plate. They were shaking hands and walking over and talking, and I was hoping they were like, hey, let's get our fucking shit rolling now. The two of us were two guys that the fans, the team, the organization, and even the baseball you know, world outside of the Mariners expected these guys to be big parts of the Mariners offense. And they haven't until in the last month, Winker got it going a little bit last month and Frazier definitely got it going last month. I would, if those two can just be the way they're being, if you can get Adam, the way Adam Frazier is right now, which isn't out of the extraordinary right now, this is what he's supposed to be. You know, he's like a 270, 280, 290 hitter, right? And same thing with Winker, you know, before the break, you know, he was, you know, hitting up in the high twos, driving the ball, getting the RBIs. That's what we expect. If we can just get 70% of what we wanted out of them, we'll be good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's tough when probably the only two players that can actually carry your team are both hurt in France and Julio. I mean, those players can carry you. Winker, we thought, might be one of those guys. He hasn't really shown it yet this year, but maybe he can, with a combination of him and Frazier, like you said, Kyle Lewis hopefully getting um, better at bats, and uh, Suarez, you know, maybe we can get something going. We need a collective group to carry us since we don't have those two guys that can carry us in the lineup right now. With Kelly, Saxon, Mattingly, the Bombers have got all bases covered. Catch the Yankees versus the Mariners, Tuesday night at 7.30 on Channel 11. 
I hate it that we have to talk Yankee talk, but you know what? It's a good opportunity to uh, call up our boy, Vladimir Perez. Yeah. We just, going on? we just had the Mariners lo- locker room uh, portion of the show. Now, now we've, now we've opened it back up. Uh, what, let's just get right to it. What are you guys doing? What's, what's your fan base saying about the, the trade deadline? Cause I know the Yankees have, you know, you guys kind of started off with being attendee, but you guys are definitely not done. Well, we wanted uh, Castillo was high on our list, but you guys snagged him from us. So now they're scrambling for, uh, I mean, Montas is their, their second. But I think we thought we were getting Castillo. So um, it sounds like uh, we're in on so We want to be in on Soto, but we don't have the, the good-looking enough prospects to get him. See, I didn't know yeah. much about Castillo, but uh, we know a lot about Frankie Montas, right? Hannah, tell him more about tell him more about Frankie Montas. Yeah, Frankie uh, got a good fastball. He changed speeds. Yeah, like you said, he's definitely the second pitcher um, on the list as far as pitchers available. I also heard that it is like you said between you guys, but also Toronto is high and heavy on him. Would that? be a big coup if Toronto was to get him instead of you guys? Well, I mean, our, our, uh, it seems like our rotation right now is finally, uh, you know, we've had, like, everybody pitched good all year, but uh, we got, like, a couple guys banged up and a couple guys were worried about their work. They've never had this kind of workload before, or, you know, just people coming back down to earth. So I think if Montas is gone, They'll just keep going down the list. I mean, uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys available. It's just like that. You know, Castillo's having a hell of a year, and, and Montas is too. So it's kind of like beginning an eight. You know, for yeah. What's crazy about crazy about thinking about that is usually you'd be like, man, I don't want the Yankees to get this guy, but like, I already know you guys are going to be there. You're only going to be able to throw so many people in the playoffs. I rather you guys get them than Toronto get them because. Toronto is the team that we're like indirectly going to be, you know, competing for one of these three wild card spots. And, you know, we need to get that number one wild card spot because if you're playing in Toronto in the playoffs and you have your unvaxxed people, you know, like we have Robbie Ray, we, we, you wouldn't get him in a series. So it, I, I hate to say that cause I'm not against the vaccine. I'm pro vaccine, but like, it just sucks that, uh, that's the scenario with Toronto. Yeah, well, we just got unbacked and tendy, so. <laughs> I, know. I know, instead of, like, complaining about it, it's like, you, it, my thing is, like, why don't you just go get this vaccine? You know, if you, if you need well, it. Well, with a pitcher, with a starter, it's, it's a little different because you could always just have Robbie Ray sitting at home, you know? Yeah, but in our case, with the wild card, all the games, if we finish not in the top wild card spot, no games are at home for us. They're all three of them. Or in Toronto, until Damn. unless you get to the divisional round, and then it goes back to the traditional oh, okay. five. Yeah, yeah, see, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, you know, in the five thing, because you know, when, when you're in a, even in the five game playoff, there's always a starter that you might want to hide at home. You know, exactly. Somebody was saying Martin Perez is available. That you you'd, you'd oh, yeah. be into that, right? A Perez on the on the Yanks. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was an all-star. I mean, um, you know, he pitched well this year, but he's got, I don't think he's got the stuff those guys got, but in terms of knowing how to pitch, I think that's what the Yankees are going after. They're going after stuff first, but at the end of the day, they'll settle for people who know how to pitch, you know? Yeah, we've seen him a lot with Texas, and uh, he's definitely their best pitcher. What's he all about? What's what's his like pitching sequences like? He's that lefty that can throw hard. He's just a gas I mean, guy. He's not. Uh, he's not. Yeah, he's not upper nineties, but he can throw pretty hard. You know, elevates the top of the zone type of pitcher. Right. He does a, does a bit of painting. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have we have faced him. He, you know, what's that's what's crazy is uh, like a lot of these guys like Montas or Perez, I, I just never saw the Mariners realistically getting him just because it was you know a division rival. But I definitely could see these guys ending up you know in in New York for sure. One of I think one of the two you guys land for sure. Now, in special boxes of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, a great action mini poster of Nolan Ryan, Reggie Jackson, or me, King Griffey Jr. I'm the good-looking one. Yeah, they've been showing, um, you know, I think uh, the, the last article I read was saying, so, like, uh, the guy was like, I, I wish the Mariners, Mariners would get Soto, just because it seems like a great spot to immediately pair him up with uh, Julio. Yeah. But um, it's looking like the Dodgers are going to get him. So. Yeah, I agree. We got, we got to give up a lot to get him, uh, Castillo. And uh, I heard that the Yankees just didn't want to um, give up their top guy. And we had to to make the deal happen. Yeah, well, I mean, they were saying uh, that uh, the, one I, the one I just read said, and because they're just like, look, the Yankee fans, trust me. Because, you know, we want everybody always, but uh, we don't have the prospects to get them. So we have one. They, they, they think that only one of our top prospects is actually uh, going to be a major leaguer. Uh, and it looks like the Dodgers have, you know, a pool of, of, of attractive people. So, which is crazy because, I mean, they, they trade three or four guys every uh, year. Yeah, for stud players, you're exactly right. So it's just like, man, they must really, I mean, you know, when it comes to the prospects, the truth of the matter is you really never know what these guys become, but you got to be good at developing guys and making them look good and handling them uh, between the, you know, between singles, you know, up to triple A and everything that you just got to make them look good because, you know, you know, I can't tell you how many times people would be, you know, saying, don't trade this guy or, or, or whatever. And I was, you know, just watching the Jeter documentary and, and I've just been reading so many articles trying to convince the Yankees to go after Soto. And they're bringing up names that we've heard so many times. Like, the Yankees cannot trade uh, Tyler Clifford or, you know, whoever it is. And then there's guys that, you know, end up, you know, being in the big leagues for a week. You know? Yeah. Yep. And you made that point really good on the last episode. I heard that was uh, you were spot on. Oh, and I said you're never going to miss. If you go after Soto, you're never going to be checking for what somebody else did. Totally. You're never going to. You're never going to be like, well, uh, what are these guys? Uh, you know. You know. I mean, somebody brought up a point. They look at the Dodgers gave up Alvarez. Wait, they, they traded Alvarez, right? Yeah. And look at them. They don't give a shit. <laughs> They're still. <laughs> They're going after Soto. I mean, they went after. They got bets. I mean, it doesn't always work. We were ch- we were chasing Cole since he was a prospect. If we were yeah, supposed we- to draft him. We didn't get him. Then when the Pirates put him up, we didn't. The Astros beat us, and then we we had to get finally to get him after this guy's whole career. We had to give him the biggest contract ever to a pitcher. But I mean, we haven't really been doing too much of that, you know. And they've been saving up for it because, trust me, everybody everybody was crying that we should get Harper to have that lefty bat, you know, a couple of years ago. And they just really haven't been like anybody. When it comes down to, like, a Soto, then, you know, then I'm thinking, oh, good thing we haven't done anything like that because this is the guy to get. But I, I'm, I'm, like, right now I officially get him given up. Hello there, everybody. This is Mel Allen. I've got a special offer on out-of-print collector baseball cards. Now you can own 200 genuine collectible baseball cards for the unbelievable price of $9.95. It's collector's dream come true. Each set contains baseball cards going as far back as 1986 and including tops, Don Russ, and Upper Deck that are no longer being printed. Over the years, the value of baseball cards has skyrocketed And while no one can guarantee baseball cards will go up in value, we can guarantee each set will have star, superstar, rookie, and all-star cards. So take it from me, Mel Allen, at this price, these cards could be going, going, gone. 
200 genuine collectible baseball cards, no duplicates, mint condition, only $9.95 each, plus $2.95 postage, limited five per household. So get cracking. Call now to order. Well, that's the thing, too. It's when, at first, when you're talking trade deadline, are you going to wreck your team and all this stuff? You know, I mean, I'm all about getting, you know, good players, period. But, you know, then when you, you add that mix in there, it's like, all right, what is Houston going to do? You know, like, what if Houston's in on them? Well, you better get your ass in on them, too, then, you know? But, uh, yeah, we've been referencing that a lot since our episode was like, hey, this Steinbrenner thing of like, you, you might be, you know, on the fence about getting them, but you sure in the hell don't want your, you know, rivals to get them. Yeah. Sometimes that bites you in the ass, too. I mean, I've seen that happen where the Yankees, uh, in the Stein, late Steinbrenner era, would be still worried about something, Boston or somebody getting somebody that they get them. And then you end up just, you know, opening the door for them to get somebody else who ends up killing you, you know? Yeah, so it, we got this upcoming series coming up here. Hannah, you already said that there's the pitching matchups are already out there because why the pitching matchups are important to us is because we're kind of like, when the fuck is Castillo going to be pitching? So w- what are the matchups looking like? So we have Marco facing Domingo Herman. Um, then Tuesday we have Logan Gilbert versus Jamison Tallion and then the big matchup is uh, Luis Castillo versus Garrett Cole so that's the big matchup of the series Herman doesn't look like he's gotten many starts in a high ERA Vlad and then Tallion he looks like a good pitcher with a 10-2 and record and obviously we know about Cole tell us about this uh, preview the series for us uh, Domingo Herman, his first game back was in that doubleheader against the Astros. And then his second game, it seems like he's getting all the, he just came back from injury. He's getting all these uh, big matchups. You know, he would be, and then he was against the Mets. So it's uh, hilarious to hear you say that. He right over, you know, he couldn't have gotten a start in a four-game set against the Royals. You know what I mean? <laughs> the guy can't catch a break. Uh-oh. Well, that's. That makes me sound really positive when you're saying this series is a big matchup. We know as Mariner fans, every time we go into New York, it's a big matchup. For you, are you guys calling this a big matchup series against the Mariners? Well, I mean, you, everybody, <laughs> like you guys have made a name for yourselves. I mean, you know, that 14-game win streak and, you know, and uh, Julio bringing attention to you guys. So it's like, we, and you guys are, seemingly in on the trade market and now you just stole the picture that we like I think the Yankees really thought that Castillo was there so whether or not that was true I have no idea but you know so you know at this point it is a big matchup because you know you guys are a playoff team that we haven't seen um you guys uh you know band together after that brawl I mean those are the things I as a as a player like to as a player <laughs> As a as a fan, like to see when teams band together after stuff like that. I was telling Myron when it happened, like, dude, that's a kind of thing that can make your team. Yeah, and and um, I think the Mariners are more. It's more of an, I guess you'd want to say, an intriguing matchup than you know maybe it has been in the last few years. Yeah, and it's just like you know, the, I mean, put it this way: the whole fact that Castillo is, uh, you know, he's going to be pitching against us after missing out on him, I mean, that's huge. You know, that just makes for... You're going to see him twice. You're going to see him him in the Bronx, and you're going to see him when you're in Seattle. When you personally are in Seattle, you're probably going to see him. There may be no greater thrill in sports than the crack of a bat and the roar of a crowd as a small cowhide-covered ball hurtles a distant fence. It's baseball. Seattle Mariners baseball in the kingdom. And there is no greater enjoyment than being there. The game starts at 7.35 and not a moment before because, as the Mariners have always said, there will be no game before it's time. There's a lot of stories going into going into the Bronx. One is Julio doesn't get his Yankee Stadium. He doesn't get his chance debut. at Yankees. Yeah, debut. Unless, you know, maybe we maybe we see you in the playoffs and we play there if we get that deep. And uh, 
But the other story is we recalled Jared Kelnick. Do you remember? I know that you don't follow all the Mets stuff, but uh, do you remember Jared Kelnick when they made that trade to the Mariners? Or do you know what people were saying out there about him? Uh, I know they were making a big deal about him getting benched. Uh, what, did you guys wait? Have you guys went to Shea, I mean, City Field? Yeah, that's what's really interesting, Vlad. So, um, Jared Kelnick got sent down right as we were coming in to play the Mets against the Yankees. He now got recalled. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, they were just saying that it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, well, you know, like that. It was like, oh, wow, it looks like they're protecting him. Uh, or it might, you know, might be too big for him, or he just doesn't, you know, it looks like a more protective thing. So I but, definitely, you know, I didn't think stuff. about it that way, or, uh, but maybe we were talking about that back then. But that definitely was probably a protection uh, maneuver. He was scuffling really bad. I mean, he was playing great in the field, but at the plate there was nothing. And you know, obviously Diaz has turned it around, and and New York could be rough and. They probably, yeah, maybe wanted him to go back under better circumstances. Cano, uh, did did you know anything about that, or what do you think about that? So yeah, I mean, on the message boards and everything, you know, the Mets fans were really upset when Jared Kelly got traded away from them, and yeah, so when he got sent down from Seattle right before that series happened, I mean, the Mets fans were just hammering him. Saying exactly what Vlad said. Oh, just saying that, yeah, he couldn't handle it. I'm glad we got rid of him because they were so upset about the deal because Diaz struggled, you know, with New York when he first got there. And everybody was saying, oh, Mariners on the trade already. But, you know, you got to let time play out. Yeah, and look at Diaz right now. Right. But also, it's like you got to figure if he's struggling and, uh, you know, all it takes is him going in there and. You know, he goes a battle for three. Yeah. Here's the other part about that trade that, I mean, us Mariners fans know this, but yes, if you were just saying straight up Diaz, Kelnick, there's a perfect example of sending somebody that the fan base is pissed off about sending them. But, you know, go two, three years down the road, there hasn't been any impact by Kelnick. Diaz is you know, killing it. His, his entrance music to come in and close is awesome. He's becoming a huge part of what the Mets identity is. So, but you do have to remember we unloaded Robinson Cano's contract and that sent off a, you know, chain reaction of all these other moves that we've built this team to be from like that. That was the very start of that rebuild, right? Hanno? Yeah, and Dunn came away from the Mets. Remember the pitcher who we sent to Cincinnati along with Fraley and got in return Winter and Eugenio or Eugenio yep. Suarez. So, I mean, it's been a big, um, a lot has happened since that trade was made a few years ago. And that's how the Yankees, that's how you guys got a big maple from us and we got Sheffield, which, you know, that both sides kind of fizzled out there but i mean you got something out of Paxson. i mean this then you you had the you know uh segura to philly we get jp crawford then we you know make this trade down to san diego we get tight france you know and then our guys come up but this all happens you know because we decided to just like unload a lot of these players that were in this window of like hey we're not catching the Astros, you know, the A's were still doing their thing at the time in our division. Anaheim was signing all these big guys. It, it just, it. Yeah. I mean, we needed to get rid of that contract to start rebuilding. We couldn't have a player like that with that big of money and then start a rebuild. And we were lucky enough that the Mets took him and it started this whole process for us. And this is where we are now. Um, a few years later, you know, in a playoff run, you can't go now. I'm playing a big game. I don't care if you're playing the New York Yankees. You need something hot for lunch. Hey, I'm late. There's time for muggle lunch. Some lunch times, there just isn't time for lunch. That's the time to start with muggle lunch. Hot, hearty dishes you make in a mug in minutes, like new chicken noodle and macaroni and cheese. Now you're ready. Muggle lunch? You trying to take advantage of us? Gossip and vanilla. 
The New York Yankees? Mugger lunch. Hot, hearty, in a hurry. Uh, one of the things that I know that you personally hate, and so do I, and I think a lot of us, I know we don't want to be so old school, you know, Clint Eastwood about our baseball, but the fucking shift, right? Let's talk about the shift. We've we've seen so many careers ruined by the shift. I think Kyle Seeger's uh, career kind of got, got fucked. Uh, uh, Yankees, you guys have had a lot of guys over there. Uh, Gallo's one of them, right, too, besides that he strikes out. Well, it just knocks, you know, it knocks points off your average by a lot. Uh, you know, like when it first started, you know, that's who it really was. Remember, it used to oh, the shift used to only be a lefty thing, or a pull, pull, you know, pull hitter, dead pull hitting lefties. And they were like these you know, people, the all world, all world guys, right? I think they started it for, I think Ted Williams. They had a shift, right, Hannah? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, uh, you would think so. I think that's wow. what it was. I think it was the Ted Williams. I believe Ted Williams was like one of the guys that used to be like Ted Williams shift, but he'd still fucking hit it. Through. He just fucking. Slam it through there. Yeah, I mean, I've just seen it. You know, all these big uh, lefties, you know, all star lefties, and it's just like, wow, they're like twenty points at like, you know, around twenty points a year. You know, you know, or like I like to share. You know, we're over, over three hundred switch hitters, and then it's just like, wow, this guy. Did. You know, now it's for a power hitter to hit two twenty, they don't even care. But you know. 15 years ago, a power hitter and 220 was just looking like, you know, I'll knock you out of the box. You know, knocks you out of that top conversation for sure, you know? Oh, yeah. I, 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 we've all grown up on like, hey, below 250 is, is you're not doing good. Well, you better have the power numbers to back that up. Right, exactly. What do you think about that, Hannah? You know? Oh, totally. I mean, I know he's talking 20 points. I think it's more like 40 now. I mean, oh, there's, yeah. a, there's just a handful of guys that are all over 300 right now, it seems like. I know. I know, but I, I would say like 20 points a year. So it'd be like, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. They started shifting him last year and knocked 20 points off. And now this year he's 40 points. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, that was a 300 hitter. Now he's hitting 215. Uh, you know what the what's going on? You but, know, what, you know what else pisses me off is like today's game. We got walked off in the tenth inning by Houston. You know, but it it, it was we actually had a six four Taylor made six four three double play ball that got dribbler through the five six hole that didn't turn into a double play. You want to know why? Because the defense was completely shifted over, and that sucks. But then there's this part of me of like going like, see? You know what I hate seeing though with the shift? Is when somebody hit the ball right up the middle and it gets yep. beaten up. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's the play. Yeah, but that used to be like, you know, the C&I single or like that used to be the, he hits it right back where it's pitched like just to feel good. You know what I mean? When you need a hit, yeah. you, need a hit and you see the guy hit it up the middle right out of everybody's range. It was just that was a, always a feel good hit for me, and, and it just it seemed to like. And on the other side of that, you used to really see like a second baseman or a shortstop, especially, just make this unbelievable fucking play from the hole, come over, knock it down because the guy didn't get out of the box hard because he's like that's go up the middle, and then you have like somebody come over like a Ozzy Smith, a, a Omar Vizquel, or a Jeter, you know, and just boom, nope, bam. You know what I mean? You don't you don't see that anymore, too. Just just as a you know exciting plays, you don't see as many of those. Yeah, the athleticism isn't needed because the guys are positioned so differently. I agree with that, Martin. I mean, yeah, I do hate that. Like, oh, that's up the middle. You know, like listen when you're watching baseball, I know what you're talking about, Vlad. Like the the camera's position from center field right over the pitcher's mound. It used to be like you'd see the ball come off the bat up the middle, and you're like, that's a single. No, that's a double play. You know, you have bases loaded, one out. That's usually sure. two runs right there. And you don't even have to flip the ball half of the time. You just get the ball right over second base, step on the bag, and toss it across. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why they're doing it. If, they, if it's getting banned for next year, why do we got to sit through this shit the rest of the, this year? But uh, and also the Ghost Runner on on second and extra innings is just so so annoying. A big deal to get somebody on. You move them over. You had to play like real small ball, and that's what extra innings is about, you know. So I I don't, you know, they want to speed up the game and make it go faster. But they want to th- protect the, they want to protect their bullpen arm. That's what that's about. Exactly. They want to protect the pitch count. But here's the thing: I feel like uh, it. I feel like it gives two things. One. Baseball statistic historian, you're giving a run to a guy who got out. You know, so if you got out last inning, now you're on second, you get a run. And second, I feel like it gives the, you know, when you're in extra innings, the home team has the advantage. But the ghost runner, you're giving the advantage to the away team because they have that ghost runner there. They're going to score. You know, I mean, with a with a runner on second, technically a million things could happen. Uh, to, to score this run, and now the pressure's on the home team when they didn't get that that run for for you know for real. You know what I mean? They had what they, they had a ghost runner there, like you know you know you couldn't even the guy might not even walk anybody or giving up a hit, and now you got a runner on third. You know, and, and just a million things can happen. I've just seen too many times where uh, you know me and my dad are watching, and I'm like, look at this. this. They have the advantage. You know, it just it shifts it a little bit. You know. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, that closer or whatever is in the game, and he gets an, an earned run and the loss just for giving up a bloop single, possibly. Right off the game. Yeah, yeah. He gives up a bloop single that he could have had a single that turns into a double play, or, you know, he could, you know, strike out the side or whatever happens. But it's like, yeah, you know, and, and as you've seen, sometimes the guys come in and they give up that single, and it turns into nothing, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not fair. I know they want to protect their arms, but I would hate it as a competitor. You know, you come in there, yeah, you you throw one pitch, the guy gets a CNI single, or you jam him, and you know it bloops in the game's over. Instead of going like, oh, okay, I gave up a single. Let me get out of this. Let me get the ground ball I need. Let me just strike these next two guys out and pop the next two. It's over. I just yeah, I thought it was such a weird thing that they forced in with. But you know, obviously this year was, you know, we're lucky to be having baseball, and you know, it got the the agreements got ugly. So you know, yes, we're that lucky is glass that full. Yeah, so we're lucky that the shift is going away next. You know, we can sit here and complain, but the shift's going away. The ghost runner is going away, and in terms of them just getting a deal done, apparently these were two things that you know were in the. <laughs> We're in the argument, so you know we'll take it. But I mean, for now, it's still, yeah, it's you know, it's just annoying. Hey, folks, Jay Buner here. Don't settle for anything less than the best in the West, where you'll find trucks, trucks, and more trucks on River Road in Puyallup. And tell them the bone sent you. I mean, it should be fun. To, uh, it definitely should be fun. A series against you guys, you know, just with the whole Castillo thing. That's what they'll be talking about on our, our side the whole time. Sucks that Julio got hurt from those assholes. Yeah, we both hate them. Yeah, did you know that the yeah. Mariners, I just wanted to bring this up because Vlad and I were talking earlier today because he, you know, obviously hates the Astros for all kinds of reasons. We'll, we'll dive into that next next episode to make ourselves feel better. But, um, uh, you know, the Mariners have been hit 22 times by the Astros this year. 22 times. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that means, to me, that means every game should start off. Because also, when you're doing the, the, the hit wars, whoever doesn't strike first, whoever strikes first has the advantage. Absolutely. And there you was know, even... Start, sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, whoever starts first has the advantage because you know especially if it's a rival and, or and, you know, everybody knows the history or you know let's say the umpire knows you guys have been hit 22 times the first person that gets that that beats somebody or throws uh you know up and in they're gonna they start throwing the warnings right away so then for you to retaliate it's gonna cost you a start 
and uh, not everybody, you know, got that type of mentality. So it's like, you know, the way, the only way I see the winning is you got to hit somebody right out the gate and let them be the ones to decide, are we going to retaliate and get thrown out? Or, because, you know, those warnings are coming, they come fast. Or the Yankee Red Sox, and the, you know, Pedro will come in and hit somebody, and now everybody's, uh, uh, Everybody's warned, and now the Yankees' hands are tied, and it's like, well, in order us to try to get somebody back, we got to wait until the later innings, you know. Um, in Game Four of the Houston series, uh, Kirby um, hit Juve with the first pitch, and the uh, Houston announcers were making a big deal out of it, saying because Julio got hit the day before, this was on purpose, and. Um, really just making it like it was intentional uh, obviously it wasn't Kirby wasn't trying to do it he was shaky the first inning and the Mariners really aren't that type of club to put a guy out there on notice and hit somebody and besides that Houston this year has had their manager Dusty Baker and their bench coach already suspended for throwing at us on purpose in a previous series Yeah, so there's some definite history with all these um, batters that have been hit from the Astros. I mean, some teams, you know, everybody says it's never on purpose, and sometimes it ain't, but it's like the way of the thinking now, too, is though it's like I, it doesn't matter if it's on purpose or not. You know, if you're not being, if you, if you don't have, a, if you're not being careful with judge, you know, I'm, I'm going to be angry, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't care if Rizzo sits on top of the plate. You know what I mean? If you're throwing, uh, you know, if you got to do what you got to do, well, so do we. You know, it's just kind of that hard-nosed thing where it's like, look, I don't care if it's on purpose or not. You better be careful, my guys are. And, you know, I know it's crazy and it's dangerous and stuff like that, but, you know, we all know the heated teams and, you know, I, mean, I don't know if you guys were watching the D- Jeter documentary, but like, you know, you have Clemens up there talking about how he was, you know, definitely getting ready to hit somebody. And, uh, you know, that's the school he's from, where it's like, uh, sometimes somebody earned a bow tie. <laughs> what they call it? A, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? You've been destroying me in the past all year. Guess what? And, you know, it's a, for me, it's the kind of thing I love to see when it's on my team. But, you know, I, I kind of love to see it when it's against me, too, because it fires you up. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, part I, of the game. Seen, sorry. Because I've seen Pedro. Pedro Martinez has, has sent, when, uh 2003, he sent Jeter and Soriano back-to-back in the first inning. He sent them to the hospital. I hit them both in the hand. So, begging for blood after that. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand-name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Well, we're getting to the run out of time here. We're going to be back Thursday morning, right, with the new episode post uh yankees mariners and a trade deadline for all three of us will break it down and then we can get back to you know hating on the astros together uh but uh yeah vlad's gonna be up in um seattle with us for the mariners series we're gonna do an episode uh location to be tbd but we are gonna do a uh in person on location in seattle podcast uh following the Yankees series. Um, also, like, hey, on the next time we get here, we got to talk about Vlad, your dad, calls up the Michael K show. We'll get into that next episode. Uh, that was pretty cool. Maybe we'll play it on here. And, uh, you know, we'll get into a little bit about uh, stuff that you do, a little show business stuff, all right? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And I uh, just want to take a quick programming note to say that we will be back Thursday morning and Friday morning for episodes 29. And whoa, we're turning the big 3 0 here on Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. Uh, and yeah, and that's because of you guys listening and downloading and sharing and 
you know, helping us build this community here for this podcast. Again, thank you for doing that. And like we always say, we like five-tool baseball players. We also like five-star reviews. So if you think we're worthy of a five-star review, pound that five-star review. You know what? Even write us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have something that you need to send us or want to get in-depth on, you can always email us at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on any of the socials. If you find any errors in this uh uh, you know, recording, whether it's technical or, uh, you know, statistical or historical, hit us up, call us out, let us know what's going on. Anyways, uh, this is episode 28 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Hannah, you know what time it is. And also we want to give a thanks to Vladimir Perez for jumping in here, you know, go check him out in Murderville, Diary of a Future President, Friendsgiving, Lucifer's and Modern Family, uh, lots of stuff. Go check him out. Also, you can check him out at uh, on Instagram at Vladdy Daddy Forever. Anyways, this is episode 28 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, a Mariner's podcast. Hanno, you know what time it is. Char.